1: Um, I was first diagnosed with type three, or what used to be called type three. Now I think it's hypermobility type Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And then um, I had this fun episode where my lung tried to murder me in the stomach, and uh, I had a genetic test and found out that I am a a veds a veds patient. So
2: originally, I was diagnosed with what I believe they call now as the classical type of EDS back when I was eight years old but it wasn't until my early 20s when I was 28 weeks pregnant and my colon ruptured and I was in the emergency room and through that process I was diagnosed officially with beds.
1: Um, Well initially back then so 10 years ago not pleasant on Google you know life expectancy was lower than what it is today Uh, It was all doom and gloom when you researched it. Um, Initially, the geneticist that we were referred to said, we don't believe she's got vascular EDS, so we're not going to test. But by then, because that had been dropped on us, we said we'd even pay for a genetic test. We need to rule it out. Um, So they reluctantly referred us to the Sheffield Clinic, who's the EDS National Diagnostic Service. And even they said, we don't think she's got it, but because you're adamant, we'll do the test. And then it came back as a positive result.
0: I mean, I have been reading about it, you know, since Mandy had sent me the information on it and it sounded so serious. And then when this professional who's a geneticist who specializes in genetic diseases is like telling me and, and asked this, I just thought I must be overreacting with all the stuff I'm reading. It, you know. Yeah, we said it a couple of times that we thought
3: that she had like a mild form of it, which, you know, that doesn't, I don't think that really exists. I don't think there is a, like a mild form. Everybody's different on what actually happens to their particular body, but there's no like mild form of it. But that's what we thought. We're like, oh, we, she got lucky because she's, she hasn't had any of these things happen to her.
2: My colon had decided to rupture. And they needed to take me back for an emergency um emergency surgery. So I had a major vascular event.
3: Um, and 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 the reality of it just you know hit me in the face. I had to deal with it. I had no choice. Um so I think from then I started to um, understand and read a little bit more about it. But just even now it's bite-sized bits. like I, I still find it hard, even though I'm able to talk about the condition, I still find it hard to to read a great deal about it because because it's it's uh you're you're sort of staring your mortality in the face when you read it, don't you? And it's it's not even just your mortality, all the other complications you can live with. I had to
1: grieve um, you know, sort of the life I'd always imagined that I was gonna have. Like it wasn't gonna look like that. <laughs> um and that's okay, but I I definitely you know, nobody ever taught me that you might have to grieve while you're still alive. But you it is necessary sometimes to let go of things that we've been really connected to.
2: If it's their first time with an ostomy, don't give up hope yet because you might be able to convince the physicians to put it back together. You might not be stuck with it um, now. in some people, they can handle it. Um, they, they can handle cleaning it and, and keeping themselves clean along with it. Um, also, don't just keep it to yourself. Let others help you. Be gracious with yourself um, to find support um, and really find someone who you feel like you can, that they can speak into you about all the reasons. Help you to um, remember all the reasons that it's worth staying that it's worth fighting and help to come up with a purpose. I think if we lose the ability in our life to have a purpose, that there's a reason why we are here. Um, it can go to dark places. Making links in the VEDS community.
3: I didn't want to do that. And I, and I actually feel like I've gained a lot from it. I was scared of if I got to know somebody that passed away. And there have been people who I've been connected with on Facebook and that has happened. But I think once I dealt with that, it became a bit easier. And I think there is so much benefit to being involved in the community, um, to being able to ask questions. Or Because I can't ask my friends, is this normal? Like, is this, like, you know what I mean? I, can't, I, I can ask them, have you had this? But their body's totally different to mine. So you know, to be able to ask other people and for them to understand does
1: make a difference yeah you know you've got some organizations that are dealing with thousands of people with a condition where well, we're not we we are globally very small um but i think it's because we're so connected to the community and it's a it's a wonderful community to work with we know how difficult this condition is in terms of the risk of something happening but when you deal with the families the the resilience is amazing and that's what keeps me going
0: she just had such an appreciation for nature and just, you know, she loved being with her family and people that she loved. And it just, I remember, I think I had come to Mandy with just some words. <laughs> I was like, okay, I want something with, with adventure and love and Andy in it. And then Mandy just like came up with like the organization's name, like from it, and that's, and we, We originally just thought it would be like a hashtag that we would use when we were like traveling and adventuring Uh, and our friends and family could use it too. And, you know, just always know that she's with us and she's adventuring with us. Um, And then it just kind of turned into something a little bigger.
2: Hey everyone, this is your host, Katie, and I'm excited to welcome you back to Season 5 of Staying Connected. Season 5 will be out on March 25th, 2023, wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon.
0: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.